0: You're listening to the Dive Bomb Podcast.
1: G'day and welcome to episode 60 of the Dive Bomb Podcast. And we are here for our quick hits rundown of the monaco grand prix or as we're calling it today the monocon grand prix uh, i'm here with one little one-on-one chat session today as uh, one of the co-hosts is not available for recording this week but i'm here with uh my man that i watched the race with this weekend Varun. how you doing recovered from the we had a cottage weekend together so yeah we both sound like we're in a better state than we were when we were watching the race but yeah that's good Yeah, no, it was still, and it was also good that, like, it wasn't a super early in the morning race. It was, got up and, uh, watched it, and it was, it was good to watch, uh, good to watch it with a nice scene of, in the background of some water and nice weather. So, we're in the peak of, we're in the peak of summer, and uh, that means you got those early morning F1 races with, uh, lots to do on the weekend. So, and I guess
0: you could say, like, we were in a pretty similar environment to the drivers in Monaco. You know, we had, the waterfront
1: yep and we had a boat (laughs) we had a boat yeah it was wet (laughs) (laughs) and we didn't have uh two million dollar yachts no maybe maybe like two hundred dollars i don't know how much did canoes cost like canoes yeah i feel like they could be a little bit but um definitely we should have took one and maybe um took it all the way to monaco maybe we'll do that next year but either way yeah good weekend to watch the race the qualities as well which obviously is the highlight of the weekend when you watch Monaco was at a decent time for us here in North America. I was at it started at ten o'clock on uh, Saturday morning as well, so uh, we were able to to get up and ready for that with some breakfast and uh, great start the day, start the weekend right with uh, with some Monaco quality. So uh, as no as has been normal for the last few episodes of the podcast, we're gonna be doing um, you know four three or four major questions for the weekend and talking through those uh and kind of letting that be our our wrap-up of the weekend and as you and i have a little bit of a softball game uh to go to in the next hour or so so we're going to make in this one a little quicker uh, obviously uh it's nice to have quick episodes as well when we have double headers as well so it's nice for you guys listening just quick hits and then move on to the next weekend um so yeah, I think the most important place to start is the the Saturday is qualies and that's really for me like one of my favorite quali sessions of the year is Monaco, just how they get so close to the wall. There's like obviously wheel banging against the wall. You're that it's like the definition of being on the limit, yeah, right? Like watching literally. them go around the track. Um and you know, obviously the, the tarmac itself is uh like a street circuit, so it's There's not a lot of grip to be had and um it's just crazy to watch these guys we were also heading into this weekend looking for a potential victory from someone other than max as uh, you know it's a smaller track there's not as much there's obviously not the huge drs advantage that the red bulls have but so we were figuring you know hopefully fernando hopefully a ferrari you know we had some money on those two to take pole and then we know that when you take pole, you're pretty likely to get the win around here. So, um, yeah, I think the two things I wanted to mention and talk to you about is, like, how much how much of the quality lap and Monaco as a whole, but mostly the Quali lap, do you feel is confidence? And then how much of it do you feel is, like, also a good bit of luck? And that kind of wraps up in, when you know, when Max pulled off that lap in Q3, there was a lot of confidence, clearly, in him with the car, but has there has been all year. But... He also got a shit ton of luck with in Q three go going into sector three. Literally, you could compare it to baseball. He had like two outs, bottom of the ninth, yeah. and he ends up, you know, clattering around in sector three, wheel banging against the walls, and just having an absolute stunner of a sector three to pull off pole position. So yeah, how much do you think of it as like confidence and then i brown Monaco a bit of luck as well? I think
0: Confidence is like, I mean, for any F1 circuit, um, confidence is huge, right? Because like drivers say it all the time, they're they're trying to extract everything out of these cars. So it's not like you make the car a little bit better and all of a sudden the drivers don't have to push as hard. They're just going to push that much harder because they have to extract everything and then a bit more out of the car. And then you add that to a circuit like Monaco where there is no room for error. It's not like, you know, you go a bit off the racing line or the ideal line and you're you know, in the grass or in some gravel or in a runoff, you're in a, in a like barrier in a yacht. <laughs> yeah. You're in a yacht. Um, so there's literally no room for error. Uh, and that's the case with all street circuits, but especially Monaco because it's just so narrow. Um, and you do get up to like some, some good speeds. Like I think the, they still reach like 290 KPH, um, which is just crazy to think. Yeah. Coming uh, down out of the yeah. the tunnel. Yeah. Like you compare that to circuits like Silverstone where it's just like wide open, but um, there's, they're still doing insanely fast uh, times. So, confidence is huge, but at, at the same time, like you said, luck too. Because I forget who it was. I think it was uh, Norris. He kissed the barrier, and somehow his car just like bounced right off, and he just kept going without a hitch. Yeah. But like, it's it's like nanometers away from being he kisses the wall like that, well, and it sends him into the other wall on the other side, and practice, it destroys he his life. That. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean. As good as the drivers are at like placing their cars within millimeters of where they need to be, there is a degree of luck because you know yeah. he could have just as easily kissed another barrier that doesn't have as much give, for example, and it bounces him right off and and yeah. into the
1: um, well, next corner. Or you so. watch like Max's Q three lap. Exactly. And obviously, it means a like yeah. means a lot because it took pull, but so that's why I keep bringing it up. But like the it was it's all about the angle you hit the barrier too. Like right. if you hit it kind of like directly on the side of your tire, you have a better chance of like you said bouncing off. Whereas if you come at it like Carlos did around the swimming swimming pool section where you're coming at it on an angle. Mm-hmm. You're just guaranteed going to break something on the car. So, yeah. yeah, there's definitely some luck in, like, the angles you take and um, the angles that you do. Because you are going to hit the wall. If yeah. you're going on a coil lap. you are going to hit the wall if you're really trying to get to that limit. But it's about getting a little bit lucky, too. Like, I obviously wouldn't say it's, like, a 50-50 split. No. But, um, you know, I'd still say confidence is, is higher. But definitely a lot more than other tracks you need that bit of luck to get you those those tents because if you're taking those kind of risks there's a chance you get really unlucky or a chance you get really lucky yeah too
0: so. yeah and in max's case like you could you could probably say that like um after the first two sectors his confidence might have been a bit down because he sees that he's he needs to make up two tenths yeah. uh to be able to make up poll. so he needs to keep up his confidence in the third sector and then get a big dose of luck like you said with the way his car went in, it ended up, like, not costing him yep. the time. In fact, it, he made up time that he needed. And he needed to make up a lot of time. Like, that was, you well, and me were watching, right? And we were, like, two tenths. Like, just
1: over two tenths. And it's, again, on a track like Monaco, where there's not a lot of room to make up that two especially tenths. Especially in the
0: really short third sector. Third sector, so. yeah.
1: And he managed to, like, there was a, I don't know if uh, anyone that listens follows uh, Formula Addicts on Instagram. But they do, like, a, a thing where they overlay, like, um, they overlaid uh Charles's lap or no sorry Fernando's lap and Max's lap around Monaco and like it kind of sh- they do it at the same time so it shows you how far ahead Alonso was uh when he was done sector 2 and it's insane the lines that Max took to get through sector 3 and like we said the amount of wheel banging he did on the walls was just insane the fact that he got it through and uh and got that pull. so you know that pretty much sealed the weekend from a lot of perspective we had a little bit more of a spice obviously with the rain coming in but that pretty much sealed it and just before we wrap up the talk about that confidence you want to see it work the other way is that you know we saw for me Carlos Sainz looked like the driver that was gonna have a chance to take pole within the first couple sessions of the weekend and then in in practice too near the end he hits the barrier in the swimming pool section and that's again right where you're trying to be on that limit and you end up hitting the barrier, breaking the steering, you know, like having to get the car fixed. That right there takes your confidence away. And then all of a sudden he's looking at a a P5 start with even an uh, an Alpine in front of him. So um, yeah, it just shows how it works either way, right? Like there's drivers that just have so much confidence. And the Ferrari this year, we've talked about it multiple times, pretty much after every race, at least after the past few races, is that it's such a peaky car, but it needs something to like almost be in more control when it's on the limit because it gets on the limit and then it's so hard to control uh it's literally like a prancing horse yeah like speaking
0: of the ferrari's another driver worth mentioning because of like his history at monaco is, is leclerc and you know because of the drama like seeing max take pole out of uh alonso's hands in the last sector we kind of overlooked uh leclerc's qualifying session but he had a great quality too like he was i think uh Third. looks like he was like he was third but he was three one hundredths off of um alonzo's pace so four one hundredths off of max yeah so he was like i mean he had a shot at pole i would say and like finishing p3 in, in quality um on any other circuit you'd think like you'd be on for you know at least a podium but like you you normally expect to have a shot at contending for the win but just because of the way monaco is um you know, we, it was, it was really tough to like expect it unless something went really crazy in the race, well, that he would especially have
1: with him taking a penalty too. He ended up
0: taking a penalty oh, in, that's in right. uh, yeah. Q3 for and It's funny because the reason I was mentioning him was because yeah. I was going to say, I want to say at least he got off like scot-free unlike the past few years where he's had terrible luck, no, but that's
1: what it was. The curse continues. The curse yeah. continues. Yeah. He impeded Lando yeah. in qualifying. That's right. So yeah, I mean, again. That that just totally overshadowed it, but you're right. He did have a good lap. He does tend to have, like, pretty good laps around Monaco. Well, right yeah, there. last
0: year he had, or no, what, the year that he, he busted the gearbox, did he already have pole in the in the bag? Like, he was on provisional pole, right?
1: Yeah, it was provisional pole, and then Max was behind him, so we don't, wouldn't know. Yeah, you know. I guess we... Or it we wasn't don't. last year, it was the year before. It was the year before. Checo was... crashed last year. Yeah. So the year before, 2021, is when he crashed. But, yeah, like, he, he I don't know, it just... Crazy, like, how the curse is so real for him you around You talk here. about confidence, right? Like, that's got to be something that's
0: fucking with his confidence. Well, and
1: it ca- coming off of, like, a Miami weekend where yeah. he would have loved to have Imola in the middle because, yeah. like, for, he would have loved to have Imola in the middle before his home race because his confidence was probably at an all-time low coming out of Miami. That was one of his worst weekends that we've seen oh, in man. a long time. Uh, so, yeah, the fact that he was even on for pole after coming off of such a tough weekend... Shows that yeah, I mean he's he's still got it, and a lot we never said he hasn't, but it's just crazy to see the continuation of bad yeah. luck that he's had. Um So yeah, I mean, and then confidence on the other side as well. We'll kind of flip flop back and forth here, with with the Alpines and and especially Esteban, um like what a, what a quality lap this guy puts in to be P three or sorry P four and then P three with the penalty to Cl- Leclerc and. It's one of those things where we haven't I think last year we saw it uh where you know the Alpine would be on for like a top 6 top 5 Fernando would put it in the top 5 or top 6 for qualies and then Esteban would be putting it sometimes he'd be in the top 10 sometimes he wouldn't but this year I feel like they haven't really been a huge threat in qualifying so to see them qualify so well like even Pierre in the top 10 as well like two cars in the top 7 uh was really good to see from them and something that for me was a pretty big surprise but it shows they definitely had the right setup around the weekend
0: for sure and and for like alpine we heard what uh their principal's been talking about like you know uh what was it it was something along the lines of like you know he doesn't really want to say, but like they could be looking at a four or five year plan yeah to compete but you know for him and having to face the investors like they they can't really admit that it's not like you know hockey because they're, they're trying to secure sponsor sponsorship every year and results like this one from uh, Ocon go a long way for them well and it's
1: especially important after a weekend where the team was called out for not doing good enough right by their ceo and then he shows up like this uh definitely yeah one of one of the best weekends for him in formula one and to be on the podium in monaco for him definitely a dream come true so uh gotta say big ups big ups to him and um yeah we'll t- touch touch on the race as well briefly there wasn't too much until uh the rain started yeah. and i didn't even think the rain was coming but um the race was pretty quiet up until um the rain came and we got a good 10 laps it just kind of changed changed everything but at the same time didn't change a whole lot and what i mean by that is uh you know we If you guys go on the f1 youtube channel you can watch like a breakdown of what happened during the rain but so i won't go through all the ins and outs but essentially everyone had to make a decision once the unexpected rain arrived and that was were you going to stay out on slicks and risk and risk but also hope that the rain was going to slow down so that you could capitalize on it or were you going to be an early one that pitted and uh ended up getting on the inters and banking on that rain to stick around for a bit and then um and then be able to make up some places in the race and this is a huge opportunity obviously around monaco it's a huge opportunity to jump up it's also a huge opportunity to like watch these guys and their their talent when it comes to we've already touched on how close the barriers are how easy it is to make a mistake and these guys are all of a sudden you know your car is not set up for a rain you're uh, you've been set up for dries all weekend. You haven't practiced in the rain, and now you're on the tightest track in the world, still going as fast as you can. And now you're, um, it's basically turning into a skating rink. So so many decisions came, and kind of we kind of brushed over it. But Alonso was so close to pole, and I think they really saw this as an opportunity to try to get closer to Max to uh, take that race win and hopefully get some payback on Sunday. Unfortunately, they made the tough decision of pitting from the hard tire to the medium tire only to have to pit back uh, pit to the intermediate tire uh, a couple laps later so this was kind of something we saw up and down the grid we either saw that scenario or people pitting right to the intermediates which Valtteri Bottas was one that did that and he ended up gaining a lot of positions unfortunately not enough positions to make it up to the podium, or sorry, up to the points, not the podium. Um, But these are the two things we really saw, and it's just it was a bit of a shame to see uh, Alonso obviously kind of officially drop out of contention at that point. He was already almost a pit stop behind Max, and now he was like a pit stop and a half behind him. Um, But the rain did cause some chaos. It's just, for me, like, the spectacle of it was more interesting to watch than like if you were to look at the outcome it didn't really change a whole lot it was yeah it's like what you're getting at is it was more interesting
0: just seeing cars struggle for grip and even max like because at that point you know he probably feels he has the race in the bag but he still can't bend it right and like hearing him on the radio just like pleading for inters. he's like we need inters, because i think a lot of the drivers probably came to that realization around the same point the ones that had tried for slicks to see you know is the rain gonna stay pretty light and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, no, we, we're, like, all over the place here. you um, see a few cars going into, like, the little runoffs that they have in Monaco and, yeah. and kissing the walls. So About
1: Having to do the reverse. Yeah. <laughs> the walk of shame.
0: Yeah. And then you see uh, George, obviously, uh, take
1: that penalty be- because of, like, a really risky re-entry that he made. Yeah. Um, L- Lance finally bins. Someone finally bins it. And, of course, it's Lance that yeah. bins it. Uh, crazy. One thing I'll say. Crazy, we didn't see a single safety car. Yeah, through all of it. that. Yeah. like I think that goes to your point of like how impressive it is that these guys do what they do because, yeah, it didn't change a whole lot for us to talk about drama-wise or position change-wise because I'm not going to make stuff up. It really did not. But yeah. at the end of the day, you watch that and you're like, this is incredible that we didn't have a single safety car around what was, and if you watch the onboards, there's no joke, You what was like a skating rink for a while. And if you were on slick tires, you were in big trouble. So, yeah. um Yeah, crazy, crazy to see, and also really fun to watch. And that's something where it's, like, interesting for me, because, uh, and I'll kind of, this will be my next question to you, is, like, do you think this was one of your favorite races to watch, even though there wasn't a lot of, like, headlines, per se? Like, for me, there wasn't, there's not a lot of headlines to talk about, there wasn't a lot of shake-up of position, a lot of people stayed pretty, uh, like, if you were to just look at qualifying and then the race, you'd think, okay, it was just a regular Monaco race, but... The actual spectacle of it was one of my favorite of the season so far. I'd probably give it, like, maybe, like, almost four stars, like, 3.8. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like, I, I agree, honestly. I don't know what... that's
0: The thing is, I can't put my finger on what it is about the weekend that makes it feel that way. Uh, maybe you could say, like, it was the drama and quality, because I honestly think that was one of probably the best quality sessions of the year. 100%. Um, that was my favorite of the yeah, year. And, uh And then, like, obviously, Max got away on the start, so... Unless, you know, something really went right for Alonzo, it, it didn't really look like he was going to have a chance uh, pretty much from the get-go of the race. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think it was the spectacle of it. Like, um, seeing seeing the drivers, like, struggle to keep it uh, on the track during the rain. Because um, I, think, I think until it started raining, um, if it had kept going the way it was and just ended the race like that, I probably wouldn't rate the race as highly as it yeah. was. So I think it was just because of the rain. Honestly, and, and, like, um, we had some, some pretty big shunts, too, like, uh, uh, Checo going into George, I don't know how neither car sustained any damage. Yeah. We talked about, like, that there wasn't a safety
1: car during the race. Yeah. Magnussen went into the wall in yeah. Sector 3. Yeah. Stroll obviously went into the wall, no, no safety car. Yeah. Checo had a bunch of, like, Fish tailing moments. His yeah. weekend was just terrible, I but think even re- Max was wheelbanging. Yeah.
0: yeah. I think the reason it was entertaining was, like, the way... A, ca- a really casual or like non f1 fan watching the race would find it entertaining in that it was just like kind of chaotic yeah you know it wasn't really anything to do with the uh, like um, strategy calls or like uh guys you know gunning for spot on the podium or the win like all that was pretty set it was pretty much just because of the the little curve curveball that the rain threw into it yeah
1: well i think the strategy calls did come into effect because like it was like all of a sudden, you were listening to the radios, and you were hearing, like, who was actually going to come into pit, and there was a chance that we were going to see a jumbled-up yeah, order. That's right. None of the jumbling really mattered in the end. I think, like, everyone ended up making decisions that, like, cancel each other out, mm. per se, but um just the fact that that all comes into play kind of can please, like, the, the casual fan and also the fan that's like, holy shit, there might be a big change in yeah. a strategy call and they like could see something crazy well, so think
0: of think of like russia last year that if that had happened yeah. to max that's pretty much what the rain could could spell out yeah in race well like that, so. in
1: the post-race show um lando said that it felt like russia yeah. like when he was out that he got thrown out there on slicks again so especially on at monaco man like there's 10 times less room for error so yeah. uh, so all in all yeah great weekend i think for sure the highlight, and I would not even close give it uh, a higher rating if I didn't say that uh, qualities was how good it was. That was one of the best of the year for sure. You hit the nail on the head. And definitely big ups to Esteban for getting on the podium. We already gave him a lot of love here, and I'm he's getting a lot of love as well this week. I'm sure he's been very hungover this week. Um, but just want to finish the episode off by one last point. I feel like this is such an important point to stress. Uh, for a quick little review like this. And one of those weekends where you look at the, the repercussions for a bad weekend and Checo Perez, need, like he can't win it, the title this year. I don't think, these, this is the exact reason why he will never beat Max for a title and it's weekends like this. And it's unfortunate, but we've been talking about it in the last few episodes, so I got to sum up and I got to get your thought as well. Is this the reason why this exact weekend crashing in quality Obviously, not being able to make up for it around Monaco. This is why he will not be a world champion with being Max's teammate.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest reason. Is that, like, in order to keep it close, you can't make mistakes. Um, and this weekend, he had a lot of them. So, uh, it's it's crazy to think because I think before this weekend started, you would have had a lot of optimism for Checo, especially coming off a win last year. Um, you know, yep. How did... Uh, what was What was his last win? Was it... Uh, he won in Baku. I think it was Babu, or Jeddah. Right? One of them.
1: Either way, it was like I mean, he was he was well in the contention. Uh... And he wasn't like he was he was getting the one twos as well. Like that's something right. that not a lot of Red Bull drivers have done, right? Is get yeah. that one two with Max. Yeah. He was doing that and doing that and doing that. But I think again, it just sums up. Uh, Australia was a terrible weekend, and this is another one where you just can't be having these, and it's. It's tough, but we got to bring it up because I feel like we've brought up so many times during a lot of the episodes that, hey, maybe he will challenge. And it's yeah. just important
0: to, like, wrap I it I think up um, the best way to sum it, up, sum it up would be to say that, like, Max controls his own destiny now. As long as Max doesn't have any catastrophic weekends, uh, the title is his
1: pretty well, much. Well, he could probably afford to have one. <laughs> yeah, he could afford to have one. That's, that's right, the thing. So. But, yeah, he doesn't seem to be having one and... There's also a chance that, like, at this rate, Red Bull wins every single race this season. And Monaco was one of the big ones we were looking yeah. at. So, And if Checo can't be the one of them that's splitting him 50-50 with Max at least, then, you know, you can't have a weekend where you don't score any points. No. And he had another weekend where he did not score a single point. So not a good weekend for him. Um, and obviously he'll be looking to, to have a DNF for Max and a win in Spain. But we will see this weekend in spain uh we'll finish off by giving a quick prediction i've said it in another episode i really hope fernando wins this weekend so i'll ride it get some good vibes going yeah. heading into the span the spain weekend i'll say fernando at home
0: i'll uh you know i'll, I'll go with your boy carlos uh, pick the other spaniards so
1: love that yeah. i love mean that. they could
0: both use a win so i wouldn't mind either
1: All right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed our very quick recap of Monaco. We got, like I said, a doubleheader this weekend, so wanted to get a quick episode out to everyone. uh, Thanks for the continued support, and we will see you in spin.